Hello friends, welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Roziel and I get to ask some questions to some really cool people and I really do enjoy it. First, if you could give us a five-star review, I hear that's really, really important and would love the opportunity for you to help me. Thank you, appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. iTunes specifically, thank you. Today we have Sarah Palevo. ACSM, certified personal trainer, registered nurse, worked at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, wife of Michael Palavo, episode 32. If you're interested, go back and check it out. She's a co-owner, co-founder, director of health. She does a lot of stuff, obviously, at Your Fitness Solutions. And it was really interesting to talk to talk to her in, in her registered nurse slash personal trainer background. There's a really cool Venn diagram that we kind of tried to create through words and uh, it was really interesting kind of just to see how she utilizes both sides of that diagram to help people in in each aspect so it is really really interesting so we appreciate having her on so hope you guys enjoy this episode with sarah palevo Today, we have Sarah Palevo, ACSM certified personal trainer. And in one second, I'm going to ask you what the heck that means. Registered nurse, group fitness instructor, and rock climbing instructor, and wife of Michael Palevo of episode number 32. Sarah, thank you for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, what is it? Yeah, please. Pleasure is all mine. I will never work out as much as you already have in your life. So it's probably <laughs> in my best interest to at least talk to you about it. What exactly is an ACSM certified personal trainer? Yeah. So ACSM stands for American College of Sports Medicine. It's one of the, I'd say probably the most respected um, certifying body out there for personal trainers, exercise physiologists, group fitness coaches, all of those type of important certifications. Mm -hmm. And how long, like, what do you need to do to get that? Is it like a completely different, um, you know, you have to have your bachelor's that you do that, or is it just like something where you can, you know, sign up for the courses and go for it? Yeah. So there are different avenues that you can enter in. Ideally you have a bachelor's degree in some type of health, wellness, exercise background. Um, you study for a while. You can take like a weekend long training course, um, take the exam. And then once you get your certification, you usually train under someone for a while to learn, you know, how to translate what you learn in the books into practice. That sounds like a lot. And I appreciate that yeah. you did it. Um, <laughs> it's not something I'm going to be doing anytime soon, but I appreciate it. You're also a registered nurse. You have so much stuff going on, but actually the first question I'm supposed to ask everybody is why do you love sports so much? couple different reasons. So growing up, I mean, it was modeled to me. My grandfather was a huge Penn State fan, uh, which is where I went to school, mainly because of the football team. Yeah. My grandfather's um, a huge Penn State fan too. It's pretty interesting. Look at that. Yeah, Italian, yeah. Italian by any chance? Yes. Ah, would you look at that? How crazy. Yeah, huh. Right. And uh, my dad was my cross country coach growing up. So I just kind of um, fell into it, was, you know, raised with sports being a huge priority in life. I love it. Yeah. I mean, Penn State, that football team, there's something about them. I'm here in New Jersey. Yeah. So it's obviously 
Rutgers isn't very good. Uh, so mm-hmm. most fans are, are Penn State fans out here, unless they went to a college elsewhere. A lot of Ohio State fans out here, too, which oh, kind of stinks. Boo. Yeah, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of them. I let them know it, too. You know, it's just, it's nice. It's fun to have villains, yeah. right? It's more Absolutely. enjoyable that way. I need to Absolutely. hate the Yankees. Baseball's better that way. Same thing. When Ohio State's right. good, gives me someone to root against. But that's really interesting. So um, hanging out there, you worked at Vanderbilt for a little while as well. I mean, again, you've done – so much different stuff and I want to dive into a lot of it. So fitness is really hard. Why do you do it so much? Like I went on a run today and like, <laughs> ugh, man, it was, it was brutal. Sounds like how my dog felt during our run today too. <laughs> um, why do I do it? Gosh, I just love the way that it makes me feel. I love the way that I can just challenge my body in so many different avenues. You know, there's so many different elements of fitness and I have that competitive edge where I want to be the best at everything. So it's just fun to try a lot of different things. Competition breeds excellence, right? You know, if you if you're competitive, let's rock and roll. Um, I'm slightly competitive, but I hate losing so much. I usually choose not to compete. That way I can't get angry. But that's like a whole <laughs> we need a psychologist for that episode. We don't we don't need to bother you with that too much. Um, but so I guess being an RN in the fitness field. I think that's really interesting mm-hmm. and I can see how that connects, but I'm not smart enough to connect the dots myself. I just know there is something there. So I guess from your experience, like what have you found with being an RN and, and being again, an ACSM certified personal trainer, where in that Venn diagram, where does it overlap and what have you learned about it? Sure. So a couple of different places. So as a registered nurse, I work in cardiac rehab. So I work with people that have had heart attacks, bypass surgery, heart transplants. Um, so people that, you know, they may have been athletes back in the day and obviously something's going on with their heart. They can't work at that level anymore. They're taking different medications, but they still want to be able to train. So there's that as far as my professional career goes, just helping people kind of from the bottom building back up. Then um, on the side, I also do some in-home personal training. Um, My kind of niche or specialty is with older folks, maybe like 70s to 80s, people who are just wanting to stay functional um, to be able to live the best life they can live. Um, When I was in Nashville training a couple older ladies, they just loved that I was a nurse, that I could talk to them about, oh, what is this weird bump on my arm? You know, maybe I couldn't answer all those questions, but just focusing in on the importance of taking your medications, side effects of medications, different time of day to take medications if you're exercising, the importance of nutrition, just kind of being able to go a step further than um, someone who might not have that deep medical knowledge. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I knew, again, I knew there was a connection. I just couldn't quite put it there myself. And I think it's interesting, again, as you said, and it probably comes in more hand, more, it's, it's handier while working with, you know, as you said, you know, older uh, elderly clients, elderly patients. So what, what is it like working with old people? And like, how much rock climbing do you have them do out of curiosity? <laughs> That's kind of two separate things. No, I know. I um, kid, I kid. Yeah. <laughs> the old people, um, zero rock climbing, unfortunately. <laughs> but working with old people, I mean, I love them. They, uh, a lot of them, especially I would say my heart transplant population, they just have such a renewed perspective on life. And, you know, they were often knocking on death's door. They weren't going to live another year if they hadn't gotten that heart transplant. So, you know, they want to work really hard, um, not just for themselves, but for whoever it was that donated that organ to them and just be able to give themselves the best life that, 
they can at that point. That's awesome. Do you have any really interesting stories without naming anybody by name? Um, I have a really cool story, actually. Yeah, this patient just told me um, on Friday. He was in the hospital. He had a heart attack, I guess, about a year and a half ago. And um, he just declined so rapidly, went into heart failure, and his only option was to get a heart transplant. And so he was sitting in his bed and he was just praying and praying. You know, most of these people are just strong, strong Christians and he's praying for a heart. And he felt like one night he's like the Holy spirit just woke me up and told me to be praying for a believer's heart. And he was, he was kind of like, why do I need to do that? And he felt like God was just saying, um, as soon as that guy leaves this earth, he'll be in heaven with me. Um, and so this patient's sharing this story with us and he's like, I just feel like, you know, God is just wanting me to like carry on this man's legacy and just continue just sharing the story with people and sharing this hope and encouragement. So just such a deep, um, aspect of health in so many ways. That's not just physical, but spiritual mm-hmm. and emotional. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely. And, and they're all tied together. That's a very powerful mm-hmm. story. I like that. That is, you know, it's, it's a great way to think of it. You know, if, if, uh, if somebody's giving me, if God's giving me this person's heart, you know, the least you could do, right, is carry on that person's legacy in some way, shape or form. So I think that that is fantastic. And, and you know, as you said, I mean, the spiritual, the mental, you know, the physical, all of these need to be exercised in some way, Absolutely. shape or form. And, and I truly believe that they're all connected. And, you know, again, going back to Venn diagrams, not really sure mm-hmm. how they're connected, but I'm confident somewhere in there they are connected. No, but I know, I think, what is it? You know, the, you know, people that exercise more something with chemicals in their brain and they're normally happier. Thank you. Yeah. See, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'll figure this out. Hanging out with you and Michael more. I'll, I'll learn right. a little bit. But, um, no, and, and obviously kind of bringing all these three things together, I think is very important. And, and seeing that, you know, as, as you said, on this gentleman's face um, and understanding it and, and mm-hmm. feeling that too, you know, that energy. I think that's that's really cool, and you're right. That was a good story. So I appreciate you sharing that because that's that is really cool. that is really cool. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So with um, what uh, which do you want to talk about first? Let's go. Let's go back. Let's talk about Vanderbilt. Um, sure. is that where you and Michael met by any chance? Did yes. You both work there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Doing cardiac rehab. Look at that. So tell me a little bit. Of, he told us a little bit about it again, episode thirty-two. But um, you know, definitely, you know, what was your experience like at you know a premier? medical hospital and and cardiac rehab again you're seeing as you Mm -hmm. said before some people that are you know very they were close to the end and now you know thankfully now have that renewed uh, faith in actual life yeah I mean it was an incredible blessing just to be able to work with those patients and I mean I feel like I learned so much more from them than what I was able to impart to them Um, just their their zeal for life and their desire to keep on going. I mean, I would say their um, desire just to be able to walk a 10th of a mile is comparable to like a marathon runner in the Olympics training for their sport. It's just that same desire to want to, to achieve what they're able to achieve. And um, just being able to see those patients for even five times a week, you know, you just built such a close relationship with so many of them, with their families as well. Um, I feel like we all became a family with them. And I remember, you know, even as Michael started, Michael and I started dating and got engaged and then married, like just patients were involved in our lives and were excited for us. And um, it was just a really unique place to work that I feel like is not common in 
in the healthcare world at all. In any world, I don't think. In any world, yeah. Just the fact that we got to see our patients, because typically cardiac rehab is 36 sessions. So these folks are with us for two to three to four months at a time. Um, and, you know, they completely put um, their trust in us that we're going to exercise them enough, but not push them too hard, that we're going to monitor their heart rhythm, their heart rates, any other adverse symptoms um, as, as they're pushing. With, with all these patients, I mean, obviously everything always comes down to like a subjectivity, right? Like not every, not all two, no, no two patients are going to be the same. So what, what does, I guess, a average middle of the road kind of rehab process look like for, for one of these heart transplant patients? Gosh. Um, Again, average, and know. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, like yeah, what are, what yeah. do you normally do with all of them? Like, I'm sure there's like a minimum that you've done with everybody, right? Or, or something sure. like that. Yeah, so the first day that they come in for their evaluation, we'll do a six-minute walk test or a six-minute bike test with them just to get a baseline of where they're at. And really, I mean, some people come out of surgery, they get out of the hospital in as few as seven or eight days. Other people might stay in the hospital for over a month. So their baseline is going to be totally different. But um, we will do that walk test just to see how far they can walk. Do they need to stop and rest? Do they have chest pain, shortness of breath, kind of monitoring symptoms? And then we'll start them on some of the easier pieces of equipment, like a seated elliptical, a bike, just walk in the track, and then progress them to harder machines, a standing elliptical, a treadmill, um, starting to do strength training with them. So, um, you know, in the way that you might think about a average Joe kind of progressing through an exercise program, um, just different phases of exercise as as you're ready. It's it's the same with this clinical population, just on a on a much easier level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that. And and I guess just just for my sake, again, it's cool that you're also a registered nurse. So I think that there there's some questions that I can ask here that that kind of delve into the medical side a little bit more. Like, what is the reasoning? You know, I I can assume with a heart transplant, there's a lot of stuff that gets you know moved around and everything kind of has to get back together for lack of a better term but why does it take certain people so long to you know be able to to walk that tenth of a mile why does it take people so long to get back to normal i guess for lack of a better term is it that their heart was so bad before is it you know their body's not used like what what are some of the reasons i guess behind that yeah i mean some of these patients were so deconditioned and they were sick for so long so some of these patients might have had an LVAD before, which is a left ventricular assist device. If Thank you've seen you. Gray, <laughs> if you've seen Gray's Anatomy, you might remember Denny had an LVAD. I think that's most uh, people's yes. frame of reference. I've seen enough Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> I've seen enough. Yes. So um, you know they might have had that device that was pumping their heart. So their heart function was so poor. They had a device sitting in their chest for you know six months up to maybe three or four years that they were really limited in what they were able to do. And so with that new heart, you know, it's just like conditioning that new heart kind of starting at a zero, having to walk again. These people were pretty sedentary before. Um, even the people that didn't have an LVAD before that just went straight to a transplant, you know, there was a reason they needed that heart transplant. They weren't going to live, you know, up to a year most likely. So Again, just very, very weak, very deconditioned. Um, even doing things like sit to stands from a chair, um, 10, 10 reps of that, something we do every day in our normal life, standing up from the couch, standing up from the toilet is 
a challenge for them. Man, that stinks. Hopefully, mm-hmm. and that's why we should exercise, right? That will Absolutely. help. Okay, good. Absolutely. And that's why I run. I don't like it, but I'm like, you know, I know you're supposed to get your heart rate up. I know you're supposed to do things. Like I can't just sit down all day. Yes, I get my 10,000 steps, but I'm that's pretty good. confident that that's not the only thing I should be doing <laughs> as a healthy 28-year-old person. So I do make sure, especially now up here in the Northeast, the last couple of days, it was like 75 degrees the other day. Mm-hmm. So that is nice. when, you know, in the winter, I hate the winter. I hate the cold. I don't go outside. Um, but once it starts to get warm out, then I'll, you know, get back to running. So tell me that's okay. Uh, I mean, there's other options to do inside during You're the winter. Me. Climbing gym, for example. Yeah. I've gone a to a couple thing. of those. Those are fun. Those are fun. They yeah, are. We'll, we'll get to climbing. Don't worry. Yeah. We're going to get there. I promise. I promise. <laughs> but um, so one thing that you sent to me that I thought was really cool that I wanted to learn more of. So you are an RN. And mm-hmm. you've kind of described and helped us understand, like in the fitness field, what exactly how being a registered nurse helps. What is an an RN, a registered nurse health coach? What exactly is that? Sure. So that kind of takes everything um, a step further as far as on the education side. So when we educate patients when they come in for their initial evaluation, we like to look at it as kind of a pyramid. So on that pyramid, um, it's almost like an upside down pyramid. So it's like that top is like behavioral modification. Um, the next step is going to be diet and the bottom is going to be exercise. So even though you're coming in for cardiac rehab, the most important thing might not be exercise that we want our patients to walk away with. The most important thing might be um, behavioral modification, risk factor education. So the health coaching piece of what I do, not just um, with our business, but also with what I do with my cardiac rehab patients is identifying their risk factors and then talking through how are we going to work on a practical level to make small changes to get to your big goal. Whether that small change is, you know, cutting down on your calories or throwing away all of your snack foods or whatever that might be, just making bite-sized goals. And um, one of my bachelor's degrees is actually in biobehavioral health, which kind of encompasses all of those aspects of health that we were talking about and studies those behavioral change models and reasons for you know, resistance to change and things like that. I like that. Also a nice little humble brag. One of my bachelor degrees. What's, what's the <laughs> other one out of curiosity? What's the other my, one? My um, nursing. Uh, okay, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that, that's on me. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, I, I believe behaviors are, you know, as we were talking about before, the mental aspects mm-hmm. it are obviously tie in very much with the physical and the spiritual. And I think, you know, if, if you could, you know, I'm going to record this. This is being recorded. I'm going to clip that part and I'm going to send it to my girlfriend because I tell her, no, don't buy. If there's no snack food in the house, I can't eat snack food. It's like a Uh real easy, like there's no way around it. And yesterday she comes home because she went shopping hungry. And you know, there's this whole coronavirus thing, which don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about, but she's like, (laughs) well, the earth's definitely going to end. And I was like, it's not, but okay. So then she comes up with all this junk. It's like, what are you doing? You know, I'm going to eat it. She's like, that's good. I was like, no, it's not good because I'm going to eat it. That's the whole point. That's why it's never in the house. So that's just an yeah. argument, but I totally agree. And that's kind of one of the behaviors and one of the things that I've developed uh, or adopted when I did move out of my parents' house. Cause the same thing, my mom would just have cookies in the house or have chips mm-hmm. or have this or that. Like if it's not there, you physically cannot eat it. And that's just something right. that I do to try and cut down on all that crap. Also try not to eat out as much, you know, that kind of stuff. But what are, what Absolutely. are some other behavior um, modifications that you think like super easy that just normal people like you and me can kind of just 
you know, maybe start to implement just to make sure that we're doing a, a little bit better in life? Sure. So just another example, one of my other clients that I'm working with, and this is one of my clients with the business. Um, her name is Nikki. Shout out to Nikki. She's out, awesome. Nikki. Um, so I'm doing some health coaching with her. And as far as, so we'll give our clients a breakdown of the macronutrients we want them to hit. And um, she'd been having trouble just hitting her protein intake. So at our last session, we sat down and kind of looked at each day. And what does that look like as far as how many grams of protein can you get at breakfast? Okay, what type of foods can you eat to hit that many grams of protein? Just kind of laying it out really simple so people almost have a roadmap to success. So it's not just this big goal of, oh my gosh, I have to hit so many grams of protein, but it's like, oh, I only need this many at this setting. So focusing on that one time. And she told me so far this week, she's hit her protein goal, if not exceeded it, all of those days. Shout That's out, amazing. Nikki. What's yeah. up? I love it. Congratulations. And yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. One thing I learned, I saw I'm in sales. And uh, one thing that you learn very, very quickly is how do you eat an elephant? Mm-hmm. One bite at a time, right? You exactly. know, you can't eat an entire elephant at once. So understanding that when you can break things down into the micro, as micro as it gets, to down to the hour, down to the minute, rather than even the week or the month or the day, things become significantly, significantly easier because you can say, oh, okay, cool. I sent this many emails already. Okay, cool. I made this many calls. I talked to this many people. You know, mm-hmm. just do that a couple times an hour and you hit your goal for the day and it's really not nearly as hard anymore. So shout out, Nikki. Keep exactly. killing it. And I'm sure with your help, Sarah, anything is possible. So Moving on to the fitness, your fitness solutions with an S, how, how are you going to utilize this moving forward being an RN? Well, actually, when do you become an RN health coach? Like when does, when are you taking that test or, or how does that process work? So that's a great question. Um, I have a couple different certifications like we talked about with my personal trainer certification. I have my CCRP, which is Certified Cardiac Rehab Professional. Um, and with my nursing degree. So with kind of those aspects, I am able to do health coaching. Now there are other tracks out there that you can take to become a health coach. And I'm looking in the future to, to take one of those courses as well, just to kind of delve into that knowledge a little bit better to help grow myself as a coach as well. But um, it is something that I've, I've been doing with my patients, with people with um, within your fitness solutions and uh, but for me personally, like to continue mm-hmm. growing as a, as a coach, I, I will take one. Love it. Okay, cool. So yeah. between all the things that you have, again, there's going back to those Venn diagrams, there's something in the middle and you're able to, that's how you're able to hit it and go forward with it. So wh- yes. how, I, you know, obviously you gave us the example of Nikki. So I guess what, what do you do um, at your fitness solutions aside? I mean, including aside, however you want to explain it from the, what you just said, because I'm sure I'm pretty confident you have a lot of things to do being a uh, business owner, being a, you know, wife of a business owner, a lot of stuff yes. going on there. Yes. So I think my technical title is director of group fitness. So I do a lot of our group fitness classes. Um, we do a lot of group fitness classes for apartment complexes. So we'll go in That's and super do- cool. It is. It's really fun. We'll do um, events for them and just kind of showcase um, our business as well. You know, do raffles for personal, free personal training sessions with us. But um, I really like that group dynamic to be able to kind of get out there in front of a group, just seeing people motivating each other. I think, again, it goes back to, you know, being on a sports team. You know, I, I played soccer growing up as well and just missed that aspect of sports. But when you're able to get 
in a group fitness environment, it just becomes really fun. So that's kind of what I've been doing with your fitness solutions mm-hmm. these days. And it, so are you going to do more with the health coaching aspect as well on like the personal training side? Yes. Is that, that, is that, that is integrated the, already? Like how exactly does that work if you don't mind? It is. Yes. So I have a couple people that I'm doing the health coaching with and training with as well. Um, right now I just kind of have limited bandwidth. Um, I'm still working full time as a nurse, but in the future, the dream would definitely be to be able to be working full time with the business, doing health coaching, doing group fitness classes, um, just kind of seeing however, however that evolves. My goodness. Yeah. Bandwidth. I'd say, what time do you get up in the morning? Uh, usually four, like four, four thirty. Uh, all right. All right. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. I don't feel too bad getting up at six thirty then. Um, yeah. But that's interesting. That's solid. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Cause I was going to say, you have to work out. I, I know that that's a fact. You have to go yes. do your job. And then you have to go do your other job and help other people get better at their lives. So yeah, that is uh that's some bandwidth. So I really appreciate you taking some time out of the middle of your day, essentially to hang out with me here Absolutely. at, uh, at six 30 at night uh, on a, what is today? A Wednesday, whatever it is. Um, I love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very glad that you reached out. I told Michael to just introduce us, but I guess you took the initiative or maybe he told you to reach out. I don't know well, exactly how that I conversation went, but I appreciate it either way. I listened to your talk with him and I was like, man, that sounds so fun. He's like, great, reach out. You can do it too. Love so it. Here yeah. we are. I love it. I love it. Yes. And I appreciate it. I think it's fantastic. So with, with the group dynamic, um, what exactly, so a group fitness instructor, you've been doing it for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So what, I guess, so it's the group dynamic, but what, what about it drew you there? Right. Was it you were in a class and you're just like, wow, this is really cool. Hanging out with a bunch of other people. We're all trying to do the same thing and get better. Like, what was it that you were like, okay, I want to go to these. And then, okay, now I want to run these. Yeah, I think, gosh, I mean, I've been doing group fitness classes since college. I think just, you know, with roommates and stuff, it was kind of like, oh, let's go to the spin class or let's try this class or that class. So I think that's kind of where I found my niche transitioning from playing sports in high school to a huge university where I kind of was looking for my place and looking to be active was a natural transition for me to do that. And realizing how much I enjoyed that, trying to figure out how do I, how do I do this? How can I lead this? You know, I enjoy it. I have great energy. I was always one of those people in the front row type of deal. So just wanting to provide that environment for others and just make it feel really inclusive and really welcoming that you can come at any level right now in one of my classes we're working on pull-ups and it's literally like some people can do 20 pull-ups some people can do zero pull-ups even with the bands so it's just making them all feel a sense of accomplishment wherever they're at I think is huge gotta start somewhere right yeah gotta start somewhere and most people start at zero so you know that's that's not a bad place to start um you can you can go up and you as long as you're learning and doing it properly then then you're gonna continue as long as you stay consistent and persistent with it right try and do yes as many as you can every single day right that's um well maybe maybe not that many maybe not that many but if you're at zero try and do one a day i think right like yeah quality over quantity exactly exactly proper form i'll let you figure that you you could do that so i know one thing um that when you reached out and uh you sent me some funny videos as well maybe not funny (laughs) videos but they're funny to me because i can't do any of it um but i i know you like these unconventional ways i guess we could say of, of actually working out i mean they're not unconventional in the fact that 
I see people go paddleboarding and do handstands on their paddleboard. No, I don't. Absolutely. I do not. But that's a funny <laughs> picture. So I'm going to make sure we share it. But like, yeah. what, it, what, where, I guess, why did you start doing some of these things like tumbling? Like you were, you were playing on bars in one of them. I thought that was cool. Obviously mm-hmm. rock climbing. Like, what is it about these more, how, uh, these less conventional, there we go. It makes it sound a little bit nicer that way. Mm-hmm. How do, where was it? Like, why did you start doing some of these things? And, and what do you feel like? Why do you feel that they help you personally so much? I mean, I'd say the number one reason is just for fun, really. Um, and just being able to challenge my body in, in different ways. Um, you know, I started out just paddle boarding, standing on paddleboard, just like everyone else does. And then I saw a paddleboard yoga class and I was like, Hmm, paddleboard yoga. Why don't I give it a try? And, uh, one of the instructors was doing a headstand and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I could do a headstand. And I think just because I had a good base and background in fitness, I was able to do it pretty quickly. So I was like, Huh. Even that this first cool. one, you didn't fall off. I didn't. That's I pretty didn't. impressive. Did you watch other people in the class fall off? I don't think anyone else in the class tried oh. it. I don't remember oh. why the instructor was doing yeah. it, but I was like, I'm going to do that too. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then um, just with rock climbing, I worked at a ropes course for a summer and just loved the aspect of being outside, seeing kids be able to push themselves to new heights. And I think that's really where my love for climbing started. And you know, climbing is such a sport that it is so mental, if not more mental than physical some of the time, especially if you're lead climbing, which familiar you are with climbing. I am, but, but I don't know how many people out there are. Okay. So if you're like lead climbing, you're taking your rope up with you. So you're only secure to the last bolt that you flip into. Um, and just kind of making that decision in your mind, you know, um, am I able to reach the next hold? Um, it's a lot of problem solving. So I think that that added challenge makes it a whole lot of fun. Yeah. I was terrible at rock climbing. It's so much fun, but man, I'm yeah. so bad. I, I think I did a lot more bouldering. Um, okay. and then, you know, you kind of just like get tired and you just fall down and you land on a mat. It's kind of fun. So, uh, right. <laughs> no, I think, I think it is interesting. So how, uh, there was, what are some of the other things that you rock, rock climbing, mm-hmm. handstands on? paddleboarding, um, the the bars. I saw you playing on the bars, a little bit of gymnastics. I mean, obviously there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different movements that you're utilizing. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of almost like the same thing. Like playing one sport is not great. You should play multiple sports because you're using different parts of your body. You're doing different things, right? And I think that's, that's what I like too. just being able to be well rounded and just have a, you know, my personal fitness routine is very well rounded. I would say I do yoga about twice a week, but it's not just like the chill out namaste kind of yoga it's like power yoga where we're doing a lot of handstands um and handstand presses which that had been my goal for about a year and a half it took me about a year and a half to get my handstand press but huge huge goal that i accomplished about a month and a half ago congratulations thank you thank you and then with gymnastics uh, my sister and i used to take gymnastics you know elementary school middle school uh, we happened to find a coach here in Raleigh who um, was willing to coach two, you know, middle age ish ladies. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like you're 12 anymore. So it's very impressive that you can do yeah, all that no. stuff still. Yeah, I'll be 31 this weekend. So happy birthday. Spring chicken. Thank you. Uh, which day? Uh, March 14th. 14th? Saturday. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So now I'm going to add you to a list. So this is, you know, total aside. So I apologize for this. Anybody out there that doesn't care, but. I know so many people with birthdays in a row. Um, nice. Can't remember. I know someone on the fifteenth, 
my girlfriend's the 18th. I have two other friends, the 16th and the 17th. My grandma's the 17th. I have a friend that's the 19th and then two friends, 20th and 21st. So look yeah. at that. You're right in line. You can be one of my friends too. Thanks, Sarah. Perfect. It's a popular time of year, apparently. We've got well, lots of friends with birthdays now too. Yeah, June. June's a nice time. Summer, you know, get to hang out. It's a good sure. time. Good time to be alive. <laughs> it is. Oh. So yeah, back with to the gymnastics. gymnastics. <laughs> yes, back to gymnastics. Please and thank you. Um, yeah, our coach has just been really awesome for us, which is something I appreciate. So my sister and I have just been able to do some round off back handsprings, some back flips, some front flips. Just um, it's been fun, and it, I feel like it's brought out our inner child again. Just being able to play and laugh at ourselves and just have some fun right it's got to be fun I mean it's got to be interesting it's not like I'm I don't know how crazy you're getting into it's not probably not doing like quadruple backflips or anything right or you know (laughs) you're still have you're having fun and and you're integrating something that you really love which is enjoying yourself but with the fitness aspect of it so I think that that part's very very important and it's it's definitely something and again same thing with rock climbing it's a lot of fun it's crazy hard on your body mm-hmm. but that's a good thing right it's like interesting when you feel muscles the next day you're like i didn't know a muscle was there like the first couple yeah. times i went rock climbing i was like i didn't know that existed um, right exactly so it's, it's and how much of, core work it is too yes that's crazy very much and i try and do one plank every day um <laughs> but that's awesome it's not even close so hopefully hopefully that gets better over time and yeah now rock climbing's in the olympics which is mm-hmm. kind of cool right it's awesome little yeah. bit of, there's lee i think it's this first time around 2020 is, is a weird like setup because everybody has to do each one, a uh, lead, speed, and bouldering. But I think uh-huh. moving forward, they're going to break them up a little bit so specialists can kind of get in there and really show us what it's like. But I'm very excited to watch that. So it should be fun. So yes, Sarah, this, this was great. What else? I mean, what else do you do when it comes to to working out? And like, what, what are some of the other things that like you kind of just randomly will throw in there every once in a while just to kind of throw your body a curveball? Um, sometimes I like to do hill sprints. Oh, um, God. Yeah. <laughs> just for fun. Just um, for fun. Yes. Just for fun. You and Jerry Rice. That's about it. Yeah. Um, what else do I like to do? A high intensity interval training is something that I feel like I, I used to do more so in past years, but that's definitely a style of training that we do a lot with our clients in with your fitness solutions, just, you know, short bursts of energy, 20 to 40, 45 seconds. Uh, My mom teaches a lot of hit classes. Um, Nice. She loves it. And she has, you know, she's, I think she just turned 50, 51, whatever it is, maybe actually 52 this year. And she, um, she's worked out an insane amount like my entire life it was like every morning she'd get up and the the first thing she'd do is run five miles and then there was all the nice. other things on top of it so she's been doing this stuff for a long time and so she gets all these you know middle-aged women that are you know kind of want to just get into shape and she kicks uh-huh. their asses That's and awesome. she's like they are crying and they don't know what to do and I think it's hilarious because mm-hmm. I know my mom does this stuff in her sleep so it's always yeah. really funny just kind of hearing her stories about how she kicks the crap out of some of these people so I guess when it comes to your yeah. clients how do you guys make sure you know i guess in the groups class specifically the things that Mm -hmm. you run how do you make sure you are yes including everybody and yet you obviously you need to push people right they're not there to you know get pat on the back as you were saying namaste yoga like you're there to do something but how do you make sure you're kind of towing that line walking in that gray area of not too much not too little yeah i think it can be hard sometimes especially if 
the clients are newer and you don't know them as well. So I think I have a pretty established group uh, for one of the classes that I teach. So I can look at, you know, this one guy in particular, he's definitely a slacker. I'll be like, all right, John, like you need a heavier kettlebell. So, and sometimes I'll just kind of go over and just hand him a heavier one and exchange it. So just knowing the clients really well and knowing that, oh, they're slacking a little bit or oh, they need, they do need to back off. But in my classes, I'll always offer modifications. But um, my one thing is everyone can do a burpee, you know? So like everyone can do a burpee. It can be the slowest burpee in the world, but I feel like that is just an important thing to do. It's just being able to get down to the ground and back up. It might be fast. It might be slow. But um, that's one of my staples and probably favorite exercise. Yeah, I think everybody can do a burpee, but Sarah, nobody wants to do a burpee. I think that's the thing. Nobody wants to, but <laughs> everybody can and should. <laughs> yes, you're, you are 100% correct. Everybody can. I'm sure I could, but I don't remember the last time I even tried. So maybe tonight, maybe that's going to be my inspiration. I'm going to give you one burpee, Sarah. Just one. On. Just one. Yeah. That's, what, that's how you start, right? You start with one, exactly. you know, the minimum, and then just make sure you're adding on a little bit every single day. So I think that's really important. So Sarah, this was awesome. Anything else you want to leave it with? Like your fitness solutions? Like what else are you guys working on, I guess, in 2020? Is there anything specific? Are you guys doing more outreach to apartment buildings, which I think is a really, really cool idea. Um, are you trying to build out anything like that? Anything for kids? Anything along those lines? Yeah, you have, you have a platform. So just tell us yeah, everything about absolutely. it. I'm interested. Um, we, we've got lots of goals that are more, um, you know, more a five-year goal as far as opening our own facility, um, just having some different disciplines in our facility as far as the health coaching goes, the, the personal training, um, a dietitian, and, and some other folks just kind of un, under one roof. That's definitely a huge goal. So I know Michael is huge about networking and just connecting with people. And he's just met a lot of really great folks in Raleigh so far. So I think our goal is just to continue to meet people, continue to network, just praying for doors to open, whether it's uh, with businesses, with apartment buildings, kind of wherever, um, you know, wherever we're, we're led and wherever we're able to be coaching people is, is where we're going to be. I love it. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Absolutely. Though, ACSM certified personal trainer, registered nurse, business owner. Sarah, I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you guys listening for so much for this episode of For the Love of Sports with Sarah Polivo. She was absolutely fantastic, helped us out with so much information, is super smart, much smarter than me, and it was really interesting just to get to understand again how those two sides of her brain and, and what she does and, and how they kind of combined to turn into this monster, which is really interesting. So make sure to follow Sarah on all of her socials. Everything's going to be in the show notes. Please, again, give us a five-star review if you can. It'll take you like 15 seconds, and it's super, super helpful for what we're doing. And other than that, Time's the only thing we don't get more of. Really appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes.